Welcome to this week's podcast from Bethesda Church of God in Sumter, South Carolina. We hope you enjoy this inspiring message. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. How about let the voices of praise know we appreciate their ministry here today. Amen. Oh, I tell you what, what a setup for what I believe God wants to speak to us today. I have heard that there are three sides to every story. Your side, their side, and then the truth. I will say that I do believe that there are at least two sides. I think that we need to understand that there is the other side. We don't have to stay in the mess we're in. Can someone say amen? Amen. 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 The word of God tells us in Mark chapter 4 verse 35. And the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, let us pass over to the other side side I want you to carefully listen today as I try to let you know that there are nuggets of gold all throughout this passage of scripture and there is the other side I'm telling you I'm so excited for someone here today what you're crying for because it's tears of joy I'm excited for someone here today because you're going to pass over to the other side. And I'm not talking about dying. I'm talking about you're going to pass from your junk to his glorious blessings. I believe that here today. There is the other side. Father God, I pray that right now you will give someone hope. That even while I am preaching, even before the altar invitation is given, that in the spirit realm, they go ahead and pass over to the victory side, the side of blessing. I ask in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen, amen, amen. There is something special about the other side. The old adage is, Or the question is, why did the chicken cross the road to get to the other side? There is something alluring about the other side. One person said the chicken crossed the road to prove to the possum that it could be done. (laughs) Some say that The grass is greener on the other side. I've told you before, when I was in Irmo, I went by an area where there were cows grazing. And there was a cow, I had no idea a cow's tongue was so long. The cow had acres of green grass behind it. But on the other side of the fence, there was a weed. 
And that cow had its head through the wood picket and its tongue looked like it was that far out. And it was just close enough it could touch the weed. Couldn't get it. I thought, here's acres of beautiful grass. But the other side looked more appealing. It's human nature that leads us to believe that everything is better somewhere else with a different set of circumstances. Re remember, and I want you to listen to this very carefully. It's not always the case that the grass is greener on the other side of the fence, but if it is greener, it's because it's had more rain and possibly more manure. Some people can't wait to get to the other side, but when they get there, it's raining. And it's manure. What did I want to get here for? Why did I work so hard to get here? Because we think sometimes the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. But unless God is leading you to the other side, you better stay where you are. Some years ago, I got an invite from our state bishop at that time, and he was offering me an opportunity to get into state work. And I told him I would pray about it. I prayed and I prayed and it was a position as a young preacher that I really aspired to do. But I prayed and God would not give me a release and therefore I called him and I said, I cannot do it. It would have meant more money. It would have meant a lot of things as far as career, but I could not get a release. And oh, how happy I am that I did not by the flesh go to the other side. Because three months later, that job was done away with. Come on now. If God doesn't tell you to go to the other side, you better stay where you are. Because God knows what the other side looks like. The other side should bring difference. Everyone say difference. The other side promises something different. That's what's so appealing sometimes. The other side holds the off mysterious promise of greatness and adventure. And the other side sometimes will make us think that what we're in is terrible and what is over there is awesome. But what is the other side? Maybe it, the other side is a trial that you're in. Maybe the other side is getting past a trial that you're in, I should say. Maybe the other side is getting past the hurt in your life. Because God doesn't want you to stay in the mess that you're in. 
If God is instructing you, there should be a difference of the other side. Come on. Maybe it's moving past where you are into a deeper relationship with God, or maybe it's taking hold of the promises of God and that you can see it materialize. I've had a number of you who have come to me. You've been trusting God. You've been lining up your life with God. You've been doing what is right. You've been praying. You've been reading your Bible. You've been fasting. You, you've been tithing. You've been lining yourself up with God. And you have come back and told me that there is a difference. And blessings have started to flow into your life. Why is that? Because when God is leading, the other side is good. But when we are leading, the other side may be a catastrophe. The second thing I want you to know is that there should be a departure. A departure. To follow Jesus, the disciples realized that it would be necessary to leave their nets in this story. And can you trust God to leave your net? Can you trust God to believe his promises? In Matthew chapter 4, Verse 18 through 20. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren. Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Here comes the departure. And they straightway left their nets and followed him now that sounds good and we applaud them wow how wonderful it is they got the call and they went hallelujah but i want you to understand it was something deeper than that when they left their nets, they launched into a world-changing career. When they departed from the familiar, they laid aside the very identity to follow Jesus. And they embarked on an adventure unparalleled in history. And so uh, we, we see here in Matthew chapter 8, he gives some of this story and he says and when jesus was coming to peter's house he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever and he touched her hand and the fever left her and she arose and ministered unto them when the even was come they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils and he and he cast out spirits with his word and he healed all that were sick now, what did that have to do with anything? Because I want you to understand, they are right now in a big healing revival. The popularity is through the roof. We have had such things in our country, such as the big movement when Oral Roberts would do his healing campaigns and, and travel around with a tent and many people would be healed. And, and, and we've also seen it more in modern times when Benny Hinn would fill arenas and, and people would come in sick and, and leave well and their popularity shot through the roof. And now Jesus and the disciples are doing that very thing. So here 
is a time that you would say, I'm going to stay here and, and I'm going to capitalize on on this, we, we can market this. We, we can make money off of this. We're set for life. Think about it. Not only at these times, but you had Simon Peter and the rest of the disciples that were empowered by the Lord and, he, and, and they went out. The Bible says they healed the sick. They raised the dead. They cast out demons. So these folks now are becoming the household name, Jesus and the disciples. And people knew them. But what happened is he is asking them to depart. Uh-uh, not now. Lord, you, not now. Not now. Let the, let the offerings die down a little bit. Let, let, we need a new pair of shoes. And, and my wife's been on me for a new dress. And I think we can get it if we're here. Now, that's not in the King James. But that's reality. Come on. Sometimes God is going to ask you to depart from your comfort zone. I'm not talking about moving from Sumter. I'm not talking about moving out of your house. I'm talking about moving out of your comfort zone where you feel like I finally got everything lined up and now, now he's asking me to change. There's some people just can't, they just can't handle change. I mean, how dare you be in my seat out there? Come on. And beyond that, as soon as church is over, I'm going to tell the preacher what I think about that person who parked in my parking spot because I've been parking in that spot for... Nap. I just ask people if you are so hung up on that, be hung up on it on the job. See how long your boss will handle it. Just walk in and say, hey, I don't think we ought to be working eight hour days, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna try this five hour day thing with that one hour lunch. I expect the same pays, and he's gonna give you a departure. But these people were willing to step out of their level of comfort and go do what God had told them to do. Listen, Simon Peter, above all of them, this was in his hometown. And now in his hometown, he's the man. Hey, they, you're just a fisherman and look at what's happening with you. Yeah, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. And the Lord said, now it's time for you to move. Not now, Lord. Not now. Then what happens? A departure also speaks of leaving behind the things that are not conducive to pleasing God. Sometimes we have to make a, a, a heart decision. We, we have to make a strong decision. I'm going to leave the sin that is hindering me. I, I am going to leave my attitude, I, I, my attitude, my stinking attitude, I'm going to get it corrected. 
I've told you before and I'll tell you again. There's times that preachers have bad attitudes. Y'all could have said amen. <laughs> I've come home with an attitude before. And my wife, in her loving way, would look at me and say, you need to go pray. Your attitude stinks. The hair on my hair raises up. I go to my prayer area and pray, and I pray for my wife. And then I do something that it takes a man to do. After I've prayed through, then I come back and apologize to my wife and let her know I shouldn't have had that attitude. Sometimes we need a departure from relationships. Come on. Sometimes there's people that will drag you down. Sometimes there are people that can't go where God is telling you to go. You just have to understand they're not going to get there with you. And don't let them hinder you from getting to, well, well, my life is rocked. My world is upside down. Uh, well, listen, if you've got a hold of Jesus' hand, you're not going to stay like that. I'm telling you, keep your hand in the hand of the Lord. And if you have to part with relationships, part with them. Come on now. Someone help me. And the third thing is difficulty. You're going to, you, you, you may have experienced some difficulty. How wonderful it would have been if verse 36 would have said something like this. And he snappeth his finger and yea, verily, there they were on the other side. But that's not what it said. Wouldn't it be cool if we could just say, okay, Lord, fill her up. Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't it be cool to go, Lord, let my chest get back where it's supposed to be? Wouldn't it be cool? To see a really nice car going by and say, I want one of those. And it just happens. But it doesn't happen that way. And you know what? If it was that way, there'd be a lot of people who wouldn't come to church except on Sunday. Not every Sunday. Just a Sunday that they need something. But listen to what Mark chapter 4 verse 36 through 39 says. And when he had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and they were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. Everyone say full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow and they awake him and say unto him master 
carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. I want you to understand that they were on the ship with Jesus, and there was a storm. With Jesus on board. Nah, that's not the Christianity I bought into. I signed up for something different. I, I signed up for the one where I didn't have any trials. I didn't have any problems. I didn't have any burdens. I didn't have any cares. I don't know what kind of dope you were smoking when you were trying to come up with that, but that's not how it works. Come on. The word of God says, in this life you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. Jesus Christ is with you. And he'll go with you all the way, even to the end of the world. A couple of nuggets of gold I want to, they were on the ship with Jesus. A storm came with Jesus on, the board, on board. And the, the ship was now full of water. What? took them so long. I mean, come on. I, I just don't, I, when I read that, I was like, there had to be something logical. But sin isn't logical. Goofiness is not logical. And it's goofy to have Jesus living in your heart and you still trying to fight your battles on your own. Those of you who remember years ago, I had the old, had some guys acting like they were wrestling and you know how professional wrestling, I tell people that's the only sport in America not fixed or rigged. Some of you will catch that at lunchtime. They get beat up, they're bloody, they can hardly make it and then the crowd starts cheering and you see a hand go up. That's how many Christians are. are. Yeah, our boat's almost full. We're gonna drown out here. Too far to swim back to shore. Don't know what we're gonna do. Look at Jesus over there. And that's how the world looks at us many times. I thought you were a Christian. I thought you had someone to go through in your trials. I thought you had someone to go through in your temptation. Help me out here. So finally they go to Jesus and say, don't you care that we perish? Oh, you of little faith. I don't believe Jesus got up out of a dead sleep. If you can sleep in that kind of storm, I, don't, I believe he was, uh, he was in prime good sleep right then. And I don't believe he was in a good mood when he got up. Jesus wasn't always in a good mood, by the way. He went into the temple and he, he ran them out. He wasn't in a good mood that day. And I don't think he was in a good mood right here. He gets up and says, I don't think he went, oh, you of little faith, let me teach you a little something. I believe he said, 
Oh, you of little faith, peace be still. He's probably done that many times to his father. He's sitting at the right hand of the father, but in my case, because there's been times I've waited and waited, tried to do things on my own, tried to work it out on my own, and I'm sure that finally when I go to Jesus, there's been times he's elbowed his father and said, Father, I'm gonna help him. Peace be still. I wish that boy would learn. After all this time, I wish he'd learn that he could come to me at the beginning and I can answer at the beginning just as good as I can when the boat is almost full. I want to tell you a quick story here. Story is told about Walt Disney and, and he was a remarkable and creative visionary who refused to give up. And, and the story is told about how Walt Disney responded to disagreement. He said that Walt would occasionally present some unbelievable extensive dream he was entertaining. Almost without exception, the members of the board would gulp, blink, and stare back at him in disbelief, resisting even the thought of such a thing. But unless every member resisted the idea Walt Disney usually did not pursue it. Unless it was so over the top, he didn't feel like it was worthy to pursue. I want to tell you, we've got one greater than Walt Disney. We've got one that he said, but my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. When it doesn't seem like it can happen, it can happen, it will happen, and here it is. If all hell isn't against you, you might not be doing things right. Come on now. Set your sights higher. Let's get to the other side. Let's do something big. When, when we did this, church, people said that we were fools. But I want to tell you, uh, with God on board, when Jesus is on our ship, it doesn't matter what the world thinks. It only matters what Jesus thinks. Amen. I want my helpers to come on up. Then there's a destination. The destination has to be the foremost in, the, in your mind. And, and, and where God is leading you, they, they said that the early settlers in America, that what they had to do, they were going in uncharted area. They couldn't think about so much where they were because where they were were dangerous. But they had to think about where they were going. Not where they were, not where they came from, but where are they going? And I'm here today to ask you, where are you going? Uh, find the destination. Do you realize that you may be passing through a storm to help somebody else? I, I want you to hear this again. I want you to realize you may be going through a storm to help somebody else. They had left, they had left miracles, they had left signs and wonders, 
they had left the comfort area and now they have gone to the other side. And what do they encounter when they get to the other side? They encounter a demon-possessed man that was disrupting the entire community. That's what they went to the other side for. Jesus said, let's go to the other side because there was one person on the other side he needed to get to. I want to tell you, that one person today may be you. Today, it may be you that he's trying to reach. And I'm not calling you a demon-possessed person. I'm saying that your situation, Jesus knew how tough it was for you to even come to church today. Jesus knew exactly how difficult your week has been, your month has been, your year has been, and he's here today offering you an opportunity to get to the other side. And when Jesus got to the other side, he cast the devil out of that demon-possessed man and a great great testimony took place because the destination was one. I want to tell you if you're lost in your sins, Jesus has a destination of one. He told one time, he said, I must needs go through Samaria because he was trying to get to one, a woman at the well that everybody knew was a sinner, but Jesus said, I'm there for the one. I'm there for the one. And I believe he's here today for you. Now I wanna, I wanna share with you, there is another side. I, I want to give a, a little bit of a illustration to you if my first ones would come in. The word of God tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter four, verse seven through nine, I want you to listen to this. For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou, thou didst not receive? And if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory? As if thou hast not received it. Now ye are full, now ye are rich. Ye reigned as kings without us. And I would God you did reign that we also might reign with you. For I think that God has set us forth as the apostles, lest as we were appointed to death. For we were made a spectacle unto the world and to angels and to men. Sometimes the devil wants to make you a spectacle. Sometimes the devil wants to make a mockery of you. And there are people who will quit. There's people who will give up because they're on one side. Now I have a, a curtain here and this side represents the negative side. And there's some people that this is all they're going to live in is the negative side. There's going to be a devil that is going to come your way. And the Bible says we are troubled on every side. That word troubled means to be pressed like a grape, afflicted or distressed. Some of you will understand this, that you have more bills than you have money. 
You're in a constant debate on do I pay my tithe, do I not? How am I going to live? How am I going to make ends meet? And the devil is constantly messing with your mind and telling you, you're going to go down. In fact, you're on the boat and the boat is getting filled up. The storm is in your life. And may I tell you, it's real easy, very, very easy for someone who has a pocket full of money to tell you, look up, cheer up, everything's going to be fine. And, and, and when I get back from the steakhouse, I'm going to bring you a can of pork and beans so that you're okay. You ever had that? You ever had someone, they didn't relate to you. They didn't know what it felt like not to have money in their pocket. But the devil plays on that. And it doesn't matter if you're young or if you're old, he still plays the same way, but there is a different side. And if, if she'll go to the positive side of things, she's got her checkbook and she still has her bills, but now on the positive side, she is choosing not to listen to the devil. She's choosing not to listen to the things that would corrupt and she is choosing to say, but my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Come on now. And then my next group is perplexed. I just want to tell you that there are times that good people, when, when, when this writing said we're troubled and we're perplexed, the word perplexed means to be at a loss with one's own self, to be in doubt, not know what decisions to make and and, and stress and pressure and, and our life being turned upside down can turn a good quality young person or adult, come on, into a person that doesn't know if life is worth living. And we try to find, and the devil is there saying, end it, end it end it go ahead pull the trigger take extra pills go ahead and drink your sorrows away but i want to tell you it is a lie you can't drink enough to get your sorrows to go away and and, uh, and you can't end it by suicide because there is eternity but there is another way and there is a positive side and the choir saying all my hope is in Jesus. Thank God my yesterday is gone. All my sins are forgiven. I want to tell you there is hope in the word. And there is hope in prayer. There is hope through fasting. I wish that more Christians would say, devil, I'm not going to put up with it anymore. I'm going to stand on the word. If I die, I die. If I live, I live. But I'm going to stand on the word. We are persecuted. The, the word persecution means to make, to run, or flee. There's people who cannot handle a little bit of persecution. We're not persecuted like many. There's places in our world right now that I asked last week that you be Bible toters. In China, if you openly carry this, you're going to get in trouble. And may I tell you, it's not just in China. There's other places around the world. But uh, we think that we have 
uh, persecution here. Yeah, there'll be some mockery. You'll have some friends that will try to tell you that this Christian way isn't right. There, there are people right now that will tell you that uh, don't take a stand against abortion. It's okay. Uh, there are people right now tell you, oh, don't, don't maintain your virginity because uh, everyone is doing that. Y'all help me preach right here. This is hard stuff. Listen, uh, there are people who will tell you, just try it. Everyone's doing it. Just try it. Just try a little bit. See if you like it. And after you refuse, you may be perplexed. You may be put down, but there is another side and and that other side is no get ready buckle up you might not want to shake it or clap your hands on this sometimes you have to leave old friends behind old relationships behind and say I'm not going to have that in my life well here we go come on y'all blame the Lord on this one y'all help me out you go to the bar to try to find you a fine young thing. You're not sure what you're going to get at the bar. It's amazing how many people get around things that are negative. And that's what we feel like we have to draw ourselves to. Come on. I just want to tell you, let me go ahead and say this because this is on the internet. This will be on television. I want everyone to know church people aren't freaks. Church people aren't crazy. Church people aren't unintelligent. Contrary to what the devil would like to tell people, we don't all walk around going, oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, glory to God. Y'all didn't think I could hit that high note, did you? That's what some people think Christianity is. Come on. Yeah, that, this is what we do. Look here, you can be a Christian and not be a freak. You can be a Christian and have fun. Just have the right kind of fun. If people mock you, get another friend. Amen. And then... We're cast down. The word cast, or the two words cast down means to be thrown to the ground. And, and I, I just want to tell you, it's amazing how many people, look here. Here, here's a good-looking couple. Here's a guy. Uh, you would think, hey, look how good he's dressed. But what he is at home might not be what he is uh, what he is outside of home may not be what he is at home. Yeah. And some of you know exactly what I'm preaching today because you live in that kind of torment or you have lived in that. Woman can be abused or, and it can be a man. That, that sharp mouth, that tongue, that lashing. Someone told me this week that they had a family member that whenever he didn't like what was cooking or cooked, he would just throw it in the floor and say, cook me something else. I just want to tell you, I do not think I would live five seconds if I did that to my wife. 
Let me go ahead and preach a little bit more. I would hate to look at myself in the mirror if I did that to my wife. Come on. But there is another side. And the other side is, and I want you to pick up something here. I want you to see the same devil that was on the bad side is the devil that's on the good side. Just because you become a Christian doesn't mean the devil will quit trying to mess with you. Just because you become a Christian doesn't mean that the devil's not going to keep running his mouth. But you don't overcome by your own ability, but you stand on the word of God. And you let the Holy Ghost be your comforter. You let the Holy Ghost be your help. You let the Holy Ghost be your strength. And I want to tell you, it will run the devil off. He will not be able to stand up against the word, against the name of Jesus, against the power of the Holy Spirit. There is another side, would you stand? it with me please while we were having early morning prayer someone brought this out wonder how much if we could see with our spiritual eyes wonder how much junk is left at the altar I mean, just think about it. If we could see, wonder what it looks like when people come walking and they bring their trash to the altar. Wonder what it looks like. In our spiritual eyes, we might not be able to see it, but here's someone bringing their trash to the altar. Here's someone else. It might be a week of hell on earth. It's trash. Wonder what it looks like inside that bag. But the word of God says, casting all your care upon him. For he cares for you. I want every head bowed. God, right now, do something supernatural. I believe I'm speaking to someone here today that you're lost. If you died, you know you would not go to heaven. You got a bag full of junk, a bag full of trash. You've been carrying it with you. It's weighted you down. I'm offering you today an opportunity to come lay it down at the altar and Jesus will take it and he'll never remember it against you again. Would you be willing to let him take your baggage? Would you be willing to let him take your hurt? you're lost without Jesus Christ you know if you died you would go to hell you know it you know you're not right with God would you step out right now preacher people are look at me so what people are looking at you now they're looking at what the devil is doing to you now they're seeing how the devil's making a, a wreck of your life now why don't you go ahead and say I'm not going to dance with the devil anymore if you're lost would you come it's me preacher it's me I need Jesus in my life. 
Come on, in Jesus' name. I want my prayer partners to come at this time. Why don't you move while my altar workers are coming? Why don't you come? Preacher, the devil's messed with me all week. Preacher, the devil's made a mockery of my life. Listen, someone hear me. Someone hear me. There's someone here today that you're lost and you're resisting. You're resisting. You're not coming. I'm not trying to embarrass anyone. I'm just telling you the Holy Spirit's reading your mail right now. You know while I've been preaching, it's been like, that's me. That's me. That's me. And the devil's got a hold of me, but I'm going to get free today. Would you come? Would you come? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, would you come? Saints of God, help me pray. Bow your heads and let's pray right now in Jesus' name. Father. Now I'm asking if you've got junk. I'm asking if you've got junk, trash. You've been dealing with junk that the devil has piled up in your life. I want you to come right now. I want you to break free. Preacher, what will people think? People will think it's the most wonderful decision that you've ever made is that you're getting rid of your junk. Come on. Come on right now. Would you step out from where you are? Saints of God, I need you to help me pray. We need some chains to get broken. There's some people that want to come down to this altar. There's some people who need to be... Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope that you were inspired to live a life of purpose for Jesus Christ. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. God bless.